We are at episode 50. I'm going to totally own that 50 weeks ago. I had no idea that we would actually make it here. Wasn't sure how this was going to go or if people would even listen. So first, thank you to those of you that have been listening because I am so grateful. But we're now to the book of Revelation. We've made it all the way through the New Testament to we're knocking on the door. Let me do that for you to the book of Revelation. And some of you, I think, are having a little bit of a panic attack because we seem to hit the book of Revelation and we begin to think, oh, I don't understand what's going on there. He uses the symbolism and this imagery and we just don't get it. Or in other words, you feel like I do some days at work. I've talked a little bit earlier this year about how I'm supporting Latin America. And one of the accounts that I have is actually in Brazil. Now I'm going to 100% own, I do not speak Portuguese. No falo portugues. I don't. Hablo espanol. I speak Spanish. But when I was assigned this particular company, I was told, hey, just do your very best. So I got on my first phone call with them and said, hey, I don't speak Portuguese, but I speak Spanish. To which they responded, great. You speak in Spanish, we'll speak in Portuguese, and this is going to be an awesome relationship. Well, fast forward 10 and a half, almost 11 months later, and I'm still supporting them, but I'm going to totally own. There are some conversations that I leave and I think to myself, I have no idea what we just talked about. I only know my half of the conversation. Couldn't even tell you what they were talking about, partially because the one gentleman that I get to talk to all the time he has a really deep accent and he chooses words. Subsequently, when it's just the two of us, I smile and nod a lot and I sort of panic a little. I wish that I had ways to better navigate this. So today to start with, we're going to feel a little academic for just a minute. And if you have somewhere to write this down, I would encourage you to. I'm going to give you five things to consider while you're studying the book of Revelation. Five things that maybe you do to help you better understand what it is that we're talking about. The first one doesn't even count. Don't put this as a point, but just don't panic. When you get to the book of Revelation, don't panic. It's okay. It's going to be just fine because you have something. Number one, use the footnotes. There are a lot of footnotes in the book of Revelation. And part of that is because there are a lot of Joseph Smith translations there are references in the appendix, which I jokingly call the sealed portion of the Bible. I don't know why we don't use the appendix, the Bible dictionary, a little bit more than we do, but you cannot clearly see what's happening in the book of Revelation without using the footnotes, without using the Joseph Smith translations, and without jumping into that appendix. And so we will. You'll, keep, you'll probably hear pages kind of flopping around here while talking because we're going to be going back and forth between that appendix and the actual book. Number two, John starts this book with a promise, and that promise is found in Revelation 1, verse number three, but we've got to use, yeah, you guessed it, that Joseph Smith translation, and this one happens to be in the appendix, and it says, blessed are they who read and they who hear and understand the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time of the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, did you catch that promise? He says the actions we need to read, hear, understand, and keep. Now, most of us are going to do really good with the read part. If you are listening, then you're doing all right with the hear part. 
we're going to work on that understanding and the things that we understand, we've got to go and keep. And if we do, well, the promise is hashtag blessed, right? That's exactly what he says there. Blessed are they who read, they who hear and understand the words of the prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. You and I are blessed, that's the promise, if we'll try to read, if we'll try to hear, if we'll try to understand, if we'll try to keep. So understand that John has promised you, number two, that you will be hashtag blessed for making your way through this book. Number three, I have found that it always helps if I understand the lay of the land a little bit. Now, I grew up in the day of the hard maps in the book that were stuffed under the seat, right? And then you pulled out your map and tried to figure out where you were. I remember when Google Maps first came out. And so we had to like print stuff to understand where it is that we're going. And now I get really bugged when my maps clash. For example, I'm going to totally own in my Jeep. I have not updated the maps that live inside of that system So then I can get that map pulled up and then I get Google map on my phone pulled up and they may not say the same things. And I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to turn here or not? When we don't understand the lay of the land, it can get really confusing. And that's when I don't end up at my brother's house, but I end up at a different house. Totally embarrassing. So let me give you the lay of the land of the book of Revelation. Chapters five and 12, those are talking about premotor life. Chapters 6 through 11, 13, 14, and 16 through 19 are discussing our mortal life and historical events. Chapters 2, 3, 15, 20, 21, and 22 are talking about the final judgment and the glory that awaits. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, I better pause this, rewind, because I did not catch that. Oh, friends, let me help you out. If you miss this breakdown, don't panic. Remember, that was the first thing that's not really a thing. Don't panic. You can find what I just shared with you in the Come Follow Me on page 198. The breakdown or the lay of the land is given to you there. So you have an opportunity to read, hear, and understand what that book looks like. Number four. Study while you're studying the book of Revelation, chapter 77 of the Doctrine and Covenants. In chapter 77 of the Doctrine and Covenants, we get through modern-day Revelation some of the explanations of the symbolism. Now, I love that section, and I really encourage you to take time to dig deep into that because as you understand section 77, some of these things in mortal life, historical event, and final judgment, it's going to make a lot more sense. And finally, item number five is to remember that the prominent theme is this, Here's a quote from Come Follow Me, page 197. Jesus Christ and his followers will triumph over the kingdom of men and Satan. So what is the major overall arching theme here in the book of Revelation? Christ wins, Satan doesn't. That's how it's going to end. So again, five things to consider when studying the book. Footnotes, footnotes, footnotes with the appendix. John has given you a promise that if you read, try to hear, try to understand, try to apply it, hashtag blessed. Three, we've got to understand the lay of the land. If you didn't catch where all those chapters fall, check it out in the Come Follow Me. Four, studying Doctrine and Covenants section 77 is going to help explain some of the symbolism to me. And five, the overarching theme here 
is Jesus Christ and his followers, that they will triumph and that Satan and the kingdom of men will not. So the end of the story or the moral is Christ wins. So now that we have those pieces in place, we're ready to actually jump into some of these chapters. And one of the things that I found super interesting was that in chapters two and three, we actually get seven messages to the seven candles. Now, you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, the seven candles? Well, yeah. Revelation 1, 12 says, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now, if we just stop right there, you're like, seven golden candlesticks, what the what? Well, at least it's Christmas time and they're beautiful and and we like that, right? And then you jump down to verse 16 and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Now, simply by reading these two verses completely out of context, you're probably sitting there going, what are you talking about, Candace? Let's jump over to verse 20 of Revelation 1. And the mystery of the seven stars. See, one of the things that we have to remember is sometimes he gives you the explanation of what it is. The mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the seven servants of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest are the seven churches. So the next two chapters, chapter two and chapter three, give us seven messages to the seven candlesticks or to the seven churches. These message, if we use what we already know, we come to see, remember the lay of the land, got to look at the lay of the land. I'm looking at chapters two and three, chapters two and three fall into what category? Final judgment and the glory that awaits. So these messages are going to tell us something really important. So what I would encourage you to do now really is to maybe potentially take some notes. This might help you when you're doing your own study. The first message to the first candlestick, if you will, or the first church is found in Revelation chapter two, verses one through seven. Now I'm going to walk through this entire message with you to kind of practice these things that we've talked about, right? We got to use our footnotes. We got to remember, read here, understand. Then we've got to also understand the lay of the land, which we've already identified. We're in the final judgment and the glory, section 77, if it applies. And remember, Christ and his followers triumph. Okay, so here we go. Seven verses. It's going to be awesome. Everybody breathe. <sighs> Feeling great. Okay, here we go. Chapter two, verse one. There's already a JST, third word in, unto the servants. And then you know this JST says, okay, make sure you apply to other places, which we will. So he says, servant in place of angel in these verses 1, 8, 12, and 18. So we know that that's going to, you know, use it other places. Unto the servant of the church of Ephesus, write, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Okay, so, you know, person that's walking in the midst of the servants with the churches. I know thy works. Whoa, hold up. Did you just learn what God knows about you and I? In case you missed it, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say that they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars. Now you may be saying to yourself, wait, apostles and liars? Hold up. 
But again, remember, we've got to use our footnotes. And if we drop down there, we find that, oh, yeah, he's talking about the apostasy of the early Christian church. Verse 3. And has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Now, no joke. As soon as I read that last part of verse four, thou hast left thy first love, the question that came to my mind, and I put it in big black letters at the top of my page is, is Christ your first and current love? Is Christ your first and current love? Now, I know here in the month of December, there's been a lot of focus on him already. We're, we're marching towards his secular birthday because, you know, he was really born on April 6th. Tax season is in the spring. But we celebrate it here in December. And have we left our first love or is he our current love? And then he gives us some counsel. Verse five, remember, great action. Therefore, from whence thou hast fallen and repent, fantastic action, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove his candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Nicolaitans, what are we talking about there? Nicolaitans, secret combinations. Got to use those footnotes. God does not like secret combinations. Now, if you're wondering about secret combinations, I encourage you to pay close attention next year in the Book of Mormon as secret combinations get exposed all over the place. But probably the most famous secret combination would be the story of Cain and Abel. Cain entered into a secret combination with Satan, kills his brother, lies about it, all the things. Remember Old Testament? Yeah. So here he's saying, okay, I hate that. Verse seven, he that hath ear to hear, let him hear. What the spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Whoa. Okay. Did you catch that? That we have these amazing blessings. If you and I can overcome these things of the world, which remember, we already know Christ's team is going to win and he's trying to remind us here. So we can overcome the things of the world. What happens? Well, we get to eat of the tree of life in the paradise of God. What's the tree of life? Well, you and I already know that's the atonement. The fruit is the atonement on that tree. In case you're missing that, that's First Nephi 8, where Lehi has that dream. Now, the reality is, is I would love to be able to walk through every single one of these messages with you. But if I did, that would be much longer than 30 minutes. And remember, at the beginning of the year, I promised you we'd be right at 30 minutes or less. So I can't. But if you listen to all 52 of these and you want to have a Zoom call with me, I would love to talk to you more about that. That being said, what I'm going to try to do is highlight something from each of the messages. And then you can also study the messages individually. So here we go. Message number two is found in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Short message, clearly, 8, 9, 10, 11. But here in verse number 8, we get the following. Nope, I'm lying to keep friends. How about verse 10? And we're going to look at verses 10 and 11. Listen to the, the piece of wonderful advice that we get here in verses 10 
And then verse 11. Revelation 2, 8 through 11, message 2, verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. I wish my tribulations were only ten days. If I knew that, I'd be like, peace out, girl scout. I can totally do this. But the tribulation will be only ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. I love the last part of that verse. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Now, I just joked about the ten days, but here's the reality. You and I can do anything if we know that it's not permanent. I want you to think about that. There isn't anything that you can't do as long as you know it's not permanent. Like when my gym coach tells me, okay, we're going to do a three-minute plank. I about want to throw up just thinking about it. But then once I get into it and I'm like, okay, and then she says, okay, we're at two minutes. I'm like, yeah, okay, this isn't permanent. I can do this. Or that time that I had that mission companion that was really difficult. All of us, we've had that. If you served a mission, you know who I'm talking about. It's different for everybody, right? But that companion that was difficult, I could serve with that companion because I knew I wasn't married to that companion for eternity, right? We can do anything as long as we know there's an end. And really, that's what he's trying to say, that we're going to be tried. We're going to have some tribulations for a while, but be thou faithful unto death. Why? Because you're going to get a crown of life. What kind of life? Well, life with him. He that hath ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And what is that second death? Well, that is to be spiritually dead or separated from Christ forever. Now, I don't know about you. I can't give anything worse. Because remember, we've talked about this. My number one goal is I want to see the Savior. I want to hang out with him. I want him to call me friend. I want to give him a really big hug. We just sit and chat. Well, in order to do that, I've got to overcome and not suffer that second death. Message number three. Message number three is found in Revelation chapter two, verses 12 through 17. Now, there are some really great things inside of these verses. But again, because of lack of time, there's one verse I really want to focus in on on this message. And that's verse number 17. Verse number 17 Using the footnote, understanding the scriptures helps us a little bit. Let me show you what I mean. Verse 17. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. What the Spirit saith unto the churches. Here we go. To him that overcometh. Wait, are you beginning to see a theme in these messages? To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Oh, let's use a footnote for that one, right? So we jump down to the footnote, and what is that hidden manna? Well, it's the bread of life. Well, what is the bread of life? Well, that's Christ. It's Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice. So to overcome, we're going to be given that manna, or Christ, and we'll give him a white stone. And in the stone, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saying, He that receiveth it. Now, that stone always gets me a little curious, and so I jump down to the footnote, and it leads me to something called the Urim and Thummim. Now, I don't know if you remember much about the Urim and Thummim. It talks about the Urim and Thummim in the Old Testament. It talks about the Urim and Thummim in the Book of Mormon. 
And it talks about the Urim and Thurman and the Doctrine and Covenants. And our friend, Joseph Smith, you might have heard of him. He had a Urim and Thummim to help him to translate. So what is a Urim and Thummim? Well, according to this, it's a stone. What does that stone do? Well, the stone allows me to be a seer. So we needed the Urim and Thummim back in the book of Mosiah to be able to translate that record that had been found. And he needed to take it to the seer who could see. And here the Savior just promised you and I, well, I'm going to give you a white stone if you overcome the world, or in other words, you and I will qualify for a personal Urim and Thummim. I can't think of anything cooler to be able to be an actual seer with my own stone. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Who's going to give me that <laughs> word? Message number four. Message number four, Revelation chapter two. This message is long. Message number four, Revelation chapter two, verses 18 through 28. Gives us that fourth message. And the verses that I want to focus in are verses 26 and 27. And if you're reading them in your normal text, you're missing out because the Joseph Smith translation in the appendix, remember sealed portion in the back, Joseph Smith translation in the appendix reads as follows. And to him who overcometh and keepeth my commandments unto the end, will I give power over many kingdoms. Hold up. If we overcome and follow the Savior, what happens? If we're on his team wearing his jersey, we get power over many kingdoms. And he shall rule them with the word of God. And they shall be in his hands as the vessel of clay in the hands of a potter, and he shall govern them by faith with equity and justice, even as I received of my father. Now in the world that we live in, I am confident we lack in faith, equity, and justice. And the Savior has just told us that that is how he will rule. And if we overcome, we will be given that same power over kingdoms. So what do I get if I'm faithful? I get to rule with Christ for time and eternities. Message number five. Message number five is found in Revelation chapter three, verses one through six. And in Revelation chapter three, verses one through six, you need a lot of footnotes and you got some JSTs going on and all kinds of stuff happening. And we want to look at verse number three. And verse number three starts with one of my favorite scripture words, remember, great action, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. Those are some strong verbs to remember, to hear, to hold fast and to repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, uh oh, here it comes. I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. So if I am remembering, hearing, holding fast, repenting, I will have a heads up when the Savior is going to come. If not, he will come as a thief in the night. My fine friends listening, I testify that prophets of God are trying to prepare us for this great event. And if you don't believe me, you need look no further than the current events taking place in the world in which you live. Listen to a report recently that talked about how the year 2023 is the hottest year that the earth as a whole has experienced in recorded history. 
if you remember with me, one of the things that has to happen is the earth has to be cleansed by fire and fire is hot and the earth is getting hotter and hotter, which means that we're rolling towards something. I'm going to go with second coming. Message number six. Message number six is found in Revelation 3, verses 7 through 13. And in 7 through 13, again, great message to the sixth church, but I love verse 8. Verse 8, we read the following. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Now, I love that visual that the Savior has provided us with an open door. Even though he knows our works, he knows that we're making mistakes, his door is always open. Now, this is going to become important for the next thing I'm going to share. So his door is always open and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and has kept my word and hast not denied my name. You and I have open access to the Savior. How do we have that open access? Well, you have open access via prayer. You have open access via the scriptures. You have open access via the words of living prophets. You have open access. Let's be honest. Sometimes we listen to really great music and we feel the love that the Savior has for us. I've been kind of getting into what my family affectionately calls Jesus rock. One of my favorite groups as a side, not of our faith, is a group called One Common out of Texas. Love them. So great. I love singing their songs because when I do, I feel the Savior's love. Why? Well, because his door is open and I'm choosing to access it. Message number seven, Revelation 3, verses 14 through 22. Now I'm going to highlight two things here very quickly. The first one is in verses 15 and 16. The visual of this is so freaking awesome. Verse 15, I know thy works. Okay, in case we're missing it, the Savior knows you and I inside and out. He knows what it is that we're doing and what participating in, how we're acting, how we're treating others. I know thy works that thou art, ooh, get this, neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So in other words, he's saying, hey, what are you doing standing on the middle ground? You're not cold, you're not hot. I wish you were one or the other. Be cold, be hot. Verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Do you understand what he's saying? If you don't choose a side, guess what? You don't get his side. You're either cold or hot. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like the world a little bit, but I... Oh. And he's saying, hold up. Because thou art lukewarm neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. But is it really him spewing or is it this? Look at verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, I told you back in message number six that he has an open door. Well, if he has an open door, what door is he standing and knocking at? It's the door that you and I have control of. The door into our lives. So one of the most amazing things that the Savior does is he respects our agency. 
And he will only come into our life as far as we allow him to, even though he can see everything that's going on in it. Even though he has answers and help, he sits back and he waits. What if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I'm confident that many of you listening to this particular podcast have seen the painting where the Savior is at the door in the red robe and he's going to knock and there is no doorknob. Why is there not a doorknob? Well, because that's not his door, it's yours. His door is already open according to verse number eight. But yours and mine, we often close it to the Savior and we don't let him in. So, will you go do something? Will you go open your door to the Savior? Will you go and study the book of Revelation using those tools provided and open the door to the Savior this holiday season and into 2024? Will you let him in? I testify that as you do this, you will fill of his love. As you study the book of Revelation using the tools that he's provided, you'll come to know him better. Why? Because the overarching theme of this book is that the Savior wins. And he wins through his atonement and through the plan that our Father has created for us. I also would love to invite you to share any insight that you gain as you are studying the book of Revelation. I would love to hear from you. Because your testimonies and your insights strengthen mine. Please don't be lukewarm. Please pick to be on the Lord's side because his team wins. May you be found wearing the right jersey is my hope. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Go and Do podcast. We'd love it if you'd take time to leave us a review and also click follow. We would definitely love to hear from you. And you can reach us by either emailing the go and do podcast at gmail.com or following us on Instagram at the go and do podcast. I'm going to own. It may take me a minute to get back to you on the email, but it's just because I can't get in. Anyway, would love to hear from you. The go and do podcast is created by me, Candace Shu, and produced by Cami Fisher. We hope that you enjoyed your time with us and that you have a good time. Don't be a good time. Let's go and do. We'll talk soon.